Welcome to the second episode of the Portrait Personas podcast. I'm your host, Pat, joined by my sister, Emily. How's it going? Doing great. It is another Portrait Persona episode. So we're going to go back in time to your second post ever. I have found myself incapable of pronouncing it. So what portrait did you recreate? First of all, I took French for a very long time because... I did ballet and that seemed like the right language to take. But even with all of those years of French, I still, before tonight, went on Google to make sure I was pronouncing everything correctly, even though this is one of my favorite artists. Tonight we are discussing Madame Moitessier, which is a portrait by Jean-Auguste. Dominique Ang. He has three first names and a last name. That's just him being fancy. And it was made in 1851 and is currently hanging in the National Gallery of Art in D.C. So potentially this is the first painting we've done where once things open up again, people could go see it. Exactly. And I hope you do. I don't know if it's on view right now, but typically it is. You've teased in the previous episode that there is a less than exciting reason behind creating this one. Why did you pick this portrait to recreate? Eventually with this project, I had kind of a set of parameters in searching, but in the first few weeks, I just kind of chose things that popped into my head. And I I chose this portrait because in my work, I'm a museum educator. So I work with school groups from DC public schools. And this falls under the category of kids say the darndest things. Typically I work with third through fifth graders and that's a really fun age. And we were visiting this gallery space I guess I was standing in front of this portrait and one of our students, we were at the time talking to a copyist and learning about his work and our student looked at me, his jaw dropped and he was looking at something over my shoulder and I said, you know, what's wrong? And he said, you look exactly like her. And I looked back and I was like, like, like her? And, and he said, actually, no, 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 she's your daughter which who knows what that means. He was eight. So it gave me a huge laugh. I haven't forgotten it to this day because, you know, she is quite surly. I would not say I look like her, but I will say in reviewing this painting, Ang decided to paint her because he described her as having a terrible and beautiful head. So I don't know what that means, but it sounded like a formidable compliment. So I have decided that this was also a compliment because something about her seemed identical to me, but also because early on I was still trying to recreate with things I already had in my apartment. So this also fit the bill. It's totally different from the first painting we looked at because there is some ambiguity in her face Well, this one, I don't want to assume what the madame is thinking, but she totally doesn't look like she wants to be in this painting. She's not too thrilled. She's not smiling. She just looks bored almost or displeased. But he did paint from life, meaning he would have wanted to get an accurate rendering of her. It's not like he just imagined this expression. I imagine he met with her or sketched her. Something must have been going on. (laughs) (laughs) Last time you tried to recreate a dreamy appearance, did you have trouble trying to be like as dead-eyed and lockjawed as possible? I definitely get hung up on facial expressions. And I didn't post any B-roll for this one, but I remember taking a very long time to get it correct and trying to look 
bored, but not mad. When I wasn't smiling, it often turned to like a kind of an angry face. And I wanted my eyes to just look bored. So it was, there were several layers to her facial expression. So did you have all this stuff on hand, like the flowers and the necklace? I did. So as I mentioned last time, I started thinking about background. So I hung up a burgundy sweater on a wall to make the background. And I used a flower crown that I had purchased at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. So I used the flower crown and I kind of placed it upside down so that it landed at the right place on my head. And I had a black wig already. I had that fake pearl necklace already. The shirt was interesting. It was a shirt I had. Actually, it was the bottom of a shirt. It was a shirt that I was going to give away. I cut off the top of the shirt. So what we're looking at is the part where it would normally hit around the midsection. I was able to stretch it over my shoulders because it was that kind of like sheer, that black gauzy kind of fabric. And obviously it's, it's more opaque in the painting, but you can tell and Ang really paid attention to fabrics. And that's kind of where I mentioned he was eager to have a very lifelike appearance. So texture, fabric was something he was really, really careful about. You'll notice in the original, there's this like brocade behind her and the upper layer of her dress has that like see-through appearance. So I knew I had this shirt that had that see-through appearance. And so I, I cut off the, the top part of it and used that. And I still have that. I don't know if I'll use it again. I was curious if it was going to make a reappearance one of these days. It's funny. I have a little bag of things I think might be useful someday. So was it nice to have to be able to do one that was kind of like center frame looking forward instead of over the shoulder? Yes, it's, oh man, even though I got hung up on her face a little, it was nice to have kind of a simple body pose, just to have this like bored expression. I could just tie the wake back in a simple bun because later on it's when I start branching out into like makeup and complex hairstyling. So this was a fairly simple one to recreate and it was a lot of fun. Plus it had the memory attached to it. That was extra motivation. I wasn't familiar with Girl with the Pearl Earring. Does the Madame have a similar amount of infamy? Have you run into that before, before the twinning moment? She does not. Ang is a 19th century French painter. Fairly well known, definitely not at the celeb status of Vermeer. I appreciate his paintings because, you know, as an accessory enthusiast, I like how he pays close attention to jewelry and things like that. So that's something interesting about this project. I, you know, I cropped them and later on I started posting the full shot of the paintings. Full shot shows her bracelets, her rings. So he really paid attention to all of the intricacies of the shininess of the gold, the reflective quality of jewels, and even her hair looks shiny. He's a painter who I really love and one of my favorite portraits ever is one that I recreate later in this project. He actually even, I believe, painted her in another portrait. He's not super well known at the level that Vermeer or Monet or Van Gogh would be. If you're into French art, he would be familiar. <laughs>
I realized last time, I like the idea of trying to stump you and then failing to stump you. Uh, the factoid <laughs> that I found about this one is that he had painted her before. It's great because she's like sitting and she's like chilling and has like a really, the way her hand is resting on her face, she's wearing a floral dress. Yes. Okay. I had that in my mind. It's like a whitish or ivoryish floral dress, I think. And there's a reflection behind her, which might make it weird. If you ever tried to recreate it, it might be difficult. This is a good teaser. The painting I'm referencing that we'll talk about later also has a reflection. So that was, um, <laughs> I tried to use mirror paper, like, okay, so yes. First episode, we teased the idea that you would have a brown background and you would eventually buy a tripod. I love the fact that we're teasing an eventual painting. <laughs> yes, so his paintings, so this one compared to other ones like that is, is fairly tame and boring because he painted, I, I love the kind of sassy, poses in some of his other portraits and this one is just dry in comparison yeah. and fun fact for people maybe once the world reopens the other painting with the madame is actually in the national gallery in london sister museum <laughs> and a kind of final question for you to kind of loop back to the art the first episode was dutch right yes and now we're on a french art is there a particular style of art that you really like in undergrad and grad school, I never actually declared a concentration, but I do like French art. One of my favorite grad school classes, shout out to Sarah Kennel, former curator from the National Gallery who taught a class on 19th century Paris, and that really sparked an interest in that time period for me. I also have a special love for Italian art since I was lucky to study abroad in Italy. So I kind of have different pockets of art and styles of art that I like, but Broadly, I, I do love portraiture, ancient to now, <laughs> kind of a common thread of interest for me. Not the one that you recreated. Like, is there another style of French art or something you think, if someone was inspired by this episode, is there a direction you would point them into? Well, 19th century French art is super interesting because, so this painting is from 1851. And actually, I believe he spent maybe 10 years on it. Not the whole time. I think he, he had like a start and stop moment. So mid 19th century is a really interesting time in France because around this time, photography is invented, modern art is happening. So we have people like Ang who look more like traditional photorealistic art. And then there's other artists who are experimenting like Manet, Monet. So 19th century French art is super interesting to me because so many different things are going on. You'll see the influence of photography in some of the more modern experimentations with art. Um, you'll see the influence of travel and trade. Japanese woodblock prints were really influential on art at the time. So if you're interested in Aang, I would say look at more of his art. I also really like Tissot. T-I-S-S-O-T, -S -S if you're interested in these kind of paintings that really show off fabric and accessories and the beauty of fashion, he is someone else I would recommend. And someone else who I've done a, a recreation of down the line as well. And in terms of the other end of the spectrum, I love Manet, M-A-N-E-T, not Monet. No, no offense to Monet. He was, he was great. But Manet is a very interesting artist who was also working at this time, but his art is drastically different from Ang and Tisto. 
So I would recommend Tiso for some of the same and Mane for something different. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for uh, pointing me in the right direction. I want to get some art on. We've got some good teasers for future projects. Thank you so much for being on another episode of our podcast. And for a teaser for next week's episode, we will be talking about the portrait of one of my idols, Lucille Ball. Famous redheads in all of history. And her hair wasn't even naturally red. What? Oh, man. We're going to dive into that next week. I'll tell you that. I didn't know that. I didn't. All right. I got to go lay down. That's a crazy revelation. That's it for this week on the, pers- <laughs> the Portrait Personas podcast. We'll see you all again next week.